judge him. Lord, I shout about. Come on, give him. Coming to you live from a little grass shack in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, it's the Junior Kekoeva Jr. Show, starring Junior Kekoeva Jr. Join Junior along with the Wayne Borhey Band as he makes any kind from Hawaii. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Junior, take a weather, Junior. Ah, mahalo, Kaini. Mahalo, Kaini. Mahalo, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Got you, Bob. Okay, settle down. Settle down. Man, we're going to do the podcast. Shut up. All right. Okay, boy, these guys, bro, when, bro, once you give them beer, bro, it, it's all over. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, bro, hey, hey, welcome to the podcast, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. Bro, you know, so so on the podcast, right, we've been podcasting for a while now. Bro, on the podcast, we talk about any kind. We do any kind, okay? But the most kinds we're doing right now, right, is is about the coronavirus, right? Everybody like, know, hey, what about the virus, boo? What about the virus? Okay, so um, the the virus is the virus. I mean, you know what? Uh, what what you think, right? <laughs> the virus is the virus. You know, my father used to say that kind of stuff. You know, my father he was on philosopher, right? He was like, he was bro, he was like Socrates, bro. He like he was, my my father would tell me truths, right? Like stuff that you cannot you cannot argue. You know, he would tell me, "What if get get the more more?" And and you know, so we stop, right? We think, we're like, oh yeah, that, that's right. If get get the more more, that's right. That's a truth, right? You know, and and he, he used to tell me like the Filipinos too, bro. The Filipinos. So so I had on I had on friend a Filipino friend. He tell me, hey, bro, if plant egg plant, come out egg plant, eh? I, I was like, whoa, whoa, bro, that was deep, bro. <laughs> that was deep. You know what I'm saying? So the last podcast, bro, we was talking about red pill, blue pill, and purple pill, right? So we was talking about that. So so blue pill, red pill, purple pill. Okay. So we was thinking like, okay. So, so blue pill, red pill, per. So these guys was telling me, bro, we, we heard your podcast. They would DM me on on Instagram. Most people DM me. People don't message me on message me on Facebook for the that kind of podcast. Cause I think the guys listening to the podcast is the younger guys, right? And then some of the guys on TikTok they said, hey, we we heard your podcast. We was listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh, okay. But the guys on Facebook is again, you know, the older people, you know, the grandparents, right? The kupuna. And they, and they, you know, they get, they get the kind, they get kids and grandkids and they, they like keep up, right? They like watch, they like look pictures, everything. So, so, so the younger guys is the guys and they hang out on Instagram. They hang out on TikTok, right? They hang out, you know, on, on podcasts. A lot of the, a lot of these guys, bro, the younger guys, bro, they tech savvy. They, they listen to tech shows, right? They listen to marketing shows. They listen to all that kind of stuff. And then there's me. <laughs> so anyway, but. But so this guy went DM me yesterday, uh, last night, last night, as a matter of fact. And he said, oh, bro, you're talking about relationships, blue pill, purple pill, red pill, right? So what about like real life? Like what about red pill, blue pill, purple pill, real life? And I said, well, you know, you got to understand, first of all, okay, the red pill is just about truth and reality, how things really are, right? The the blue pill is like you're living in on fantasy, you have no clue and you just go according to what society set up for you, right? And if you purple pill, you have the knowledge, but you participating in the fantasy, right? So you have the because, bro, if you was totally red pill, 
You're in relationships, for example. If you're totally red pill, you wouldn't have a girlfriend. You would just, yeah, you would just, you know, you go with chicks, right? Whatever. And they like, they like power. They like go with somebody else or they want a relationship. Go. They just go. Right? So I, I live red pill for, for a while. Right? But you know what? Red pill, bro. I got to tell you, but <clears throat> it's not all that. <laughs> the red pill is not all that. Because, because sooner or later, right? You're like, oh, you know, maybe the house with the picket fence is a good idea. You know, maybe, maybe all this stuff that they sell you on TV, right? They sell you on all this stuff and, oh, you should do this and you should do that. You should travel. You should do this. You should. And pretty soon you look at the stuff and you go, man, this, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good idea. You know what I'm saying? So, so, but what I'm trying to say is that you can't, if you totally red pill, then you hardcore, right? And if you hardcore, you're missing out on the other half. You know, because it's half-half, right? It's either it's all the way this way or it's all the way that way. The purple pill is is a combination of the two. Okay, so interesting about the purple pill. If you guys really, like, know about the color purple, there's the red and blue, the 369. Now, I'm not going to really get into that, but I'm going to tell you guys, you can go look this up on Google or wherever you, like, look them up. Look them up on the web, Bing, whatever you get, right? So there's there's the red and blue and the 369. You know the Pepsi logo? Get the red and blue and get the stripe in the middle, right? That's the dividing line between red and blue. What happens when you mix red and blue together? You get purple, right? You get purple. And that and the, so that is the middle. It, it's in the Pepsi logo. It's in a lot of stuff, right? The red, the blue. So, so a lot of things in our life, right, is illustrated by the red and the blue. Okay, so a lot of things is, you know, and spiritually biased, you know, below the... Below the, the the knowledge of every human being, or, or well, not every human being, but the majority of human beings, right? Because they don't know this stuff. They never studied this stuff. Now, in the Bible, right, I can tell you Bible, I, you know, I, I, I used to study Bible before. I still read Bible, but I don't study them like that because, you know, when you, when you go to Bible study, right, you study the Bible. Okay, and these, these guys go, you know, Bible study, and they can quote, they quote any kind from the kind. They quote anything from the Bible. Oh, they throw quotes at you. They throw numbers at you. Timothy 8.32 or whatever it is, right? And they will throw stuff at you, right? So there came a time, you know, after I was studying Bible for a while, right? And and I go, you know what? Every time I study Bible, I go to the Bible study. There's always the leader of the Bible study, and he's telling us what it means. Then when I went to the other Bible study, right, and with the other guy, he was telling me something different about the same stuff, right? And then I went, you know, so finally what I did was I discovered. So Jesus in the Bible, he said, seek and ye shall find. Okay, this podcast is not about church. I'm just trying to explain something to you guys, okay? So Jesus said, seek and ye shall find. But you got to be a seeker. Okay, here's the problem. This is This is the bottom line with the seeker thing, right? Not everybody is a seeker, okay? Now, now, what are you seeking? You're seeking knowledge, right? Not everybody get time for seek knowledge, right? They got two, three jobs. When they come home, they're tired. They like go sleep, right? They come home, they eat, they sleep. They get up, they go work, right? On the weekends, what happens? On Saturday, it's the kids' sports. It's football with the kids. It's soccer with the kids and whatever with the kids. Sunday, what happens? Well, it's church and then it's family day, and now we're going to picnic and dad is so tired. He's, uh, he's underneath the tree at the beach. He's crashing out, right? He's sleeping and the kids are doing all this stuff and it's family day, right? Okay. 
Now, when does he have time to go do extensive research, right? Yeah, brother, he's tired. He's working. He's working like a dog, right? You know, he's, he's walking around, row, 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 like during, during the week, but he's working like a dog, right? Okay, so what happens, right? What happens is the, the, he, he doesn't have that time to go seek, okay? So my uncle taught me a long time ago. My uncle started telling me this when I was 13, and he started teaching me. So the first book he gave me was on the Trilateral Commission. Okay, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but just go Google. You guys get on phone, go Google, Trilateral Commission. And I started reading the book, and I'm like, whoa, this is the stuff that's going on? And so when I started reading that, I'm like, what? So I wanted to fact check. Now, we never have the internet in those days, okay? So I started getting more books. Then I read The Unseen Hand, right? The Unseen Hand is the story about the patriarch of the Rothschild family. Okay, and you guys, I mean, you guys, you guys got to go do this on your own. It's too much to put in the podcast, but I read that book. Okay, so after that book, right, and then this guy gave me the book, the church, the book that your church doesn't want you to read. I think everybody, I think every religious person should read that book because it gives you a balance. A lot of the religious guys I know, they red pill religion, red pill, right? They, they full on red pill. Oh, no, no, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And pretty soon, they bring it into the universe, right? Oh, this is prophecy. This has to happen. This is prophecy. But when when I was like 16, right, this lady, she was a Jehovah's Witness. God rest her soul. I don't think she's alive right now. Because, I mean, she was pretty old when she used to come over the house. She, she must have been in her 60s, right? So so that was like, you know, right now she could be 100 something. But but she came over the house, right? And, and you know, God bless her heart. She came. She was the nicest old lady. And so I used to ask my mom, I said, Ma, can we give her a quarter for the, for the Watchtower magazine? You know, so I used to buy Watchtower magazines. Right? So every Saturday, she would come to the house and she would talk to me about prophecy. We used to stand on the front porch. She used to talk to me about prophecies. She's, you know, and I used to buy her magazine. Oh, here's your quarter, ma'am. And you, and she give me the books and that, you know, and some, I read some of the magazines, you know, and they had animals like lions, right? And then with people and, and they were co, coexisting together and the lions and the people and the guy was leaning. He was like hugging the lion. And you know, it's like, and to me, like, okay, wait, this is unrealistic, right? Because every lion I seen was not like that, right? Okay, then fast forward now, fast forward. So now, right, I go on Instagram, I see these guys with lions. They get lions for pets. They raise them for baby. The lions know these guys, right? And and so I see these, and these guys look like they're in Russia or Czechoslovakia or some kind, you know. They, they don't look Hawaiian. <laughs> they don't look Hawaiian. I never seen one Hawaiian with a lion, right? Although we had, I think we had a couple lions or something on, on Molokai they had on Exotic Ranch or something like that, right? Okay, so, you know, what I'm getting at, Hawaiians, right, is I saw all this kind of stuff and then they told me the world was going to end. We're living in the last days. Now, I was 16 at the time and I got into this stuff and I was so scared, but I was scared. I was like, what? I'm 16. The world going to end? I, I, I'm not going to get for be an adult. I'm not going to get for do my trip. You know, I wanted to be an entertainer. At that age, I already knew. I was already, you know, prepping, right? I was all, I was rehearsing. I was learning my guitar. I was doing the work, right? I was, yeah, I was determined, you know? 
And they go, wait, 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 the, the world going in, right? You know, so, and then, you know, and I, and I, I was, I, I was like, oh, shook up. And I said, mom, mom, the world, the world's going in. And my mom is like, relax, relax. The world's not going to end. Don't worry about it, right? Now, my mother is 83 years old right now. She was in, she was in her 40s when that happened, right? She's 83 years old right now and she's telling me, the world's not going to end. Just relax, right? Okay. Because we went through, how, how many stuff we went through in the world? We went through the Holocaust. We went through all this stuff, right? We, China built the Great Wall. The Great Wall is still there. I mean, you, you know all this stuff, right? So my mom is telling me, relax, relax. Okay? Now everybody's going, well, we're in the last days. We're in the last, I, bruh, I was in the last days 40 years ago, right? 40, 40 years ago, we was in the last days. We're still in the last days. Then... I found out, you know, oh, in the last day, we, we were, we was in the last day. We're in the new days right now. This is the new age, the age of Aquarius. In 1979, we crossed over from the age of Pisces to Aquarius. And that was the last days, right? So when I was 16, right, it was three years before the last days. And so the lady was telling me the truth. It was the last days, right? But she never tell me that, oh, well, this is about, uh, you know, an astrological thing. And, and the Bible is actually about an internal journey. And, and, you know, what, what, and the, and the seven chakras is actually the seven seals in the revelation. Right? She never tell me, she never tell me revelation happens inside your body and you gotta meditate for these things to come to be, right? And all these spiritual people that I know, right, in the spiritual community, because that's where I am now. I'm in the spiritual community, right? Because I gave up on this church thing because this, you know, I saw so much stuff in church. Oh, my God. I went to church. You know, I was going to church for a while. And I'm not putting down church in general. I'm just putting down the church I went to because I was like, bah, I saw these gangsters in church. And I thought, oh, how nice. All these gangsters, because my uncle them, they was all syndicate guys. I was like, oh, all these, oh, all my family's in church. Like, all these guys, they in church. And, you know, there was like extended family. I mean, you know, we never really, we never really hang out. There was, you know, but there was like extended family. They all knew me. When I went to church, I was like, hey, Junior, how's it, how's it, how's it? You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I thought, wait a minute. So, so when I did my research and my homework, right, which the homework was just like going and checking these guys out when they're in their real life situation, I'm like, oh my God, they're still gangsters. <laughs> they're in church, but they're still selling cocaine. They're in church, but they're still selling weed. They're in church, but they still, yeah, bro, they was doing the same thing. So, so it came to my mind, right, that, hey, wait a minute. Church is the new syndicate, right? Well, the church I was going anyway, right? And the pastor's making 600-something thousand a year. Hey, God bless the pastor. He did the work. He's doing the work. He put the church together. They got so many outlets. They got, all, you know, all over the place. And, and it's a mega church, right? Now, I'm not saying every mega church was like that, right? But, my, but a good friend of mine told me that this other mega church over here, he says, bro, you can't even talk to the pastor. I said, what? He said, bro, the pastor get bodyguards. I'm like, bodyguards? He said, bro, these guys all cynical guys, but now they church, you know what I mean? And I, and I had a discussion with this guy, right? And he was telling me about this other church because that's the church he went. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Now, there's a lot of small churches, okay? And there's a lot of small churches that are really humble and they're, you know, and, and they're, they're on the level, they're up and up, whatever. That's a Masonic term, by the way, on the level. 
and and the, you know and but these churches are are real and they study the word and they they worship Jesus and God and you know all of that and I'm like well you know I worship Jesus I say thank you Lord Jesus Christ I say thank you Lord all the time I say thank you Father God more than I say thank you Lord but I say thank you Lord I say thank you Jesus I mean you know my mom says thank you Jesus all the time I mean you know and my mom is a Catholic she goes to Catholic church you know she goes to Catholic church but she prays and you know her prayers all manifest okay and that's the law of attraction part okay now we come into that <laughs> okay so with all that background okay that so that's why I don't have anything against churches okay it's just the church that I went to I saw that kind of stuff and I go you know what I don't like go church already, right? Because I didn't want to get involved with these guys, right? These guys was in the church. And it, at some point, I didn't want to get to the point where I got too close to these guys. Because, you know, I know these guys. I know what they do, right? I mean, I was sitting next to one of these guys in church one day. I was sitting, in fact, I, I used to walk into the church and shake these guys' hands on the way down to my seat. You know, these guys are all gangsters, right? So I'm like, okay, 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 all right. So, you know, I, I just didn't want to be a gangster, right? You know, when I was younger, I was around gangsters 24-7, and I was so well protected, bro. And then I went with one girl, right? This was in the 80s. I went with one girl. Her whole family was in the syndicate. See, because what, what happens in the syndicate, right, is you pull your family members inside and you give them a job. It's like anything else. It's like, you know, like state workers, right? They work for the state. They're like, oh, my nephew. Bro, we, we can be my nephew. My nephew need one job. Oh, okay, bring your nephew. Same thing. Syndicate, same, same. It, it works the same way, okay? And a lot of the syndicate guys, I can tell you right now, bro, they was the best guys. They treated me the best. These organi organized crime bosses, these organized crime guys, bro, they was the best people, I mean, really, that's all they did. That Their job was what they did, right? But, bro, they, they took care of me, bro. I was, I was, oh, and they're generous. I mean, you know, they make a lot of money. They make tons of money. They're generous, bro. They give, boom, boom, boom. Oh, what, what, what you need, boy? What you need? What? You like when they get, ah, go, 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 order, go order. Bro, I used to order steaks and prime rib. And, you know, I was like, oh, uncle, I just like hamburgers. Hamburger? Hey, order one prime rib. Hey, bring one prime rib for this boy. I mean, stuff like that, right? And they was generous, and they were they was they was good people for 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 the people part, for the occupation part. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they was in the syndicate. Yeah, they was organized crime. Yeah, they did what they did. But that wasn't on me. But that wasn't me. That was them, right? So I, I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna judge. You know what I mean? But I judge people on the way they they is to me. Right, so if somebody if somebody makes you any kind, right, then you judge them accordingly, or or I don't mean judge, judge. I mean your opinion of them, right? So I guess well, I guess that's judgment. But you you know what I'm saying? I don't mean judge like you prejudice against them. I just you you just make your determination because there's some people you like hang out with, and then there's some guys that yeah you you not really like hang out with. You know what I'm saying? You you kind of like ah eh, I pass. That's all right. And, and they're good guys or, or whatever. They're friendly to you. And yeah, I just pass. I don't like hang out with them. Anyway, this brings us to the law of attraction. Okay, so my mother, my mother goes to church every Sunday. My mother prays. My mother, ha my mom has been bestowed with good luck like you wouldn't believe, right? And, and we call it blessings. It's not really good luck. It's blessings, right? 
but she's been blessed, bro. And and myself in my life, oh my god, bro, I have been blessed. And I tell you what, all the guys that tried to hold me back, right? Because I was in the, I was in the radio, in the radio industry, right? Trying to get into the entertainment industry. I never got into the entertainment industry, right? Because really, my my life purpose, I'm a teacher. I mean, basically, that's it. And I couldn't run from it. I tried. I tried for years. I tried Hawaiians. I had tried for years to run from from education, and to run from teaching. But that's my family genetics. My dad was a, my biological father was a teacher. You know, my mom was a teacher. So so you know, and <laughs> boom, <laughs> here's this little kid. Oh, he's gonna be a teacher. You know, and probably God was looking at me going, "Yep, boy's gonna be a teacher." But I was looking at Frank Sinatra. I was looking at Dean Martin. I was looking at Don Ho. I was looking at Sammy Davis Jr. I was looking at all this stuff, and I go, "Bah, I like sing. I like dance. I like do this. I like do that." I mean, you know, of course, the only dance I do is Ehulu Marco. That's that's the only one. But I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? So, so what I'm saying was that that I was I wanted to go in that direction, and my genes and God and everything went pull me back. I mean, how many times I just I just got let go from this radio station gig I was doing. I was doing the voice of the station, right? And and they and I went in and and this was you know it wasn't about me getting rid of me. It was just that they was going they was going in another direction. They was changing everything. They changed the whole image. They had new owners, and that's what happens. That's the reality, right? And I sat down and I told them. I said, you know, guys, God has been trying to get me out of radio for years, but I've been hot headed. Cause I love radio. I love doing this stuff. I love acting stupid. I love doing comedy. I, I love all this stuff, right? And and slowly by slowly, you know, cause when I when I went on with Rory Wild, in the you know, and you guys listening out of state, there's a lot of people around the world listening. This guy, there's this guy named Rory, okay, and he gave me the most opportunities of any human being in my adult life on the planet. You know, I tell you right now, right? And and he put me on his show, and that was like a blessing, right? I wanted to be the second banana with him, right? But then, you know, at that time, right? And all the way, the whole time, it never made sense for me to be the second banana. I mean, you know, and and I don't know if they like me or they didn't like me or they purposely pushed me out or that the way the cards went, that's the way it went. But when the guy, you know, the main guy that retired, right? From being the second banana, he was actually the comedy uh, guy, which is what I wanted to be, right? And when he left the show, there's this other guy came along, and they go, well, you know, because it made sense, bro. He was already hired by the company. The company didn't have to give anybody else benefits, right? And they wasn't gonna fire him to bring another guy in, so I didn't get the job. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, if they didn't like me, I don't care. I, I really don't give a rip, right? Where I come from, we say that. We go, bah, I don't give a rip. <laughs> so, And I don't. I don't give a rip. I don't care if they like me or not. I wasn't there to make friends with them, although I really liked Rory. You know, because Rory and I, I've known him for, for a long time, but we, we never hung out. We never, only one time. One time we went to dinner. That was it. I never hung out with him. I never got to, you know, be on the personal side of things with him. I mean, just professional, just, you know, at the workplace kind of thing, right? And that was all good for me, but I wasn't there to make friends, which is what I got to tell you guys about the law of attraction, okay? The law of attraction says that everything, everything is attracted to you by your inner being, okay? 
Now, that's your core values, right? Your core values is who you are and what you are, and that will attract whatever. Now, now, if I was, you know, maybe a little different, maybe, maybe, maybe I would have been on radio star. Maybe, maybe I would have been on TV star or everything I was looking at that I was attracted to. Maybe I would have been that. But you know what? I got to do it. I got to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Bruh, I was on I was on World Pacific Wrestling. I was the lead commentator for a while, right towards the end of the the kind. You know, when I went in, I was second banana. And then and then I and this other guy, Scott Allen, we were two second bananas actually. And there's this guy, Scott uh, what was his name? I forget. Something Ross, this this guy. Anyway, <clears throat> he was the lead guy when we when we got in. And then pretty soon he left and then it was me. And then it was me and Scott. You know, and then, then after Scott left was me. And then, you know, and then that's the way it kind of rolled. But, but you know, I got to do it. Right? When I was a kid, I was watching wrestling. I go, wow, I like being a wrestler. Right? But I was not big nor bad enough. So, I and I got the second best thing. I got to be the commentator. I got to call the action ringside. I was sitting there. And not only that, I was on TV every Saturday on KITV. Right? It's a local uh, TV station that we got here in town, guys, for you guys in the mainland and around the world. And so I got to be on TV once a week, right? And that happened for months. I was on TV like like that, you know. And then I got into radio because I wanted to get into music. I got into radio, got to do that, got to do my music. But I got to do it in a way that I wasn't subjected to the drugs. I wasn't subjected to the, you know, I got an oldest guy, so, so so I got to work. And all these entertainers go through the same trip. They, they go through the same cycle, right? And they all get hooked on drugs. Then what do you hear? Oh, so-and-so is doing crystal meth. So-and-so is doing cocaine. So-and-so is doing this. So-and-so is doing that. And then they get off of it. They get, the, oh, so-and-so is in rehab. Oh, they're in rehab? What happened? Drugs. Oh, okay. Same thing. Over and over and over. And the same guys that was, you know, same guys that was producing them, same guys selling them drugs. So money come, goes out this side, money comes back this way. Okay, so they get paid in the paycheck, they spend them back with these guys for the game. Money comes right back in the door. So what happens? Well, the conduit is the, these, these guys, these entertainment guys. It goes right through. In fact, there was these guys that got busted for federal indictments on, on, on selling drugs. And they were selling drugs for the guy who owned the record company, right? And they got off. But we know these guys, you know. And today, they're church people. <laughs> today, they're church people. Hey, right on. They turned they turn their life around, right? I had to turn my life around. I did so many things to turn my life around. You know, a, a lot of things to turn my life around. And and the, the, the one of the biggest things was to lose weight and whatever. I had to, I had to do a lot of stuff to achieve that debt entertainment thing right and now you know the law of attraction right so it it draws to you who you are you know who you are born to be now you know uh donald trump was born to be president of the united states here you go there you go boom he's a billionaire right his father left him a lot of cash and he built it up you know so so i mean you know a lot of these guys right the parents start something right they turn them over to the kids and the kids boom right through the roof right and Donald Trump is one of those guys, right? You know, and his uncle, and you know, they all had money. They're all successful, whatever. He's the next one. Boom, of course, through the roof, right? 
No, locally, right, I gotta say, locally, there there was there was a few instances where I saw kids, right? They take over the parents' stuff and they run them into the ground. <laughs> really, I mean, I you know, I've been there because they get greedy. You know, one of them I saw got really greedy, and then boom, they they everybody went away. And then he had to he had to draw people back again. It was it was a big hassle. This, this one this one girl went to go get her MBA, came back, took over her father's business. He said, "Okay, we're gonna have the first Chinese uh, fast food chain. She's gonna make a chain." And and you know, too much, too soon, too fast. Boom! Everything everything went away. You know, and and it was a shame. But I made a, I wrote one jingle for them too. I mean, right? You know, I'm not gonna mention names, but I'm just saying. So sometimes you, the kids take over, right? And they, you attract who you are. If you're greedy inside, yeah, you're going to attract bad vibes, right? You're going to attract disaster or whatever, unfortunate circumstances. If, if you're good inside, you get on good heart, you get on good whatever, you give to people, you do good stuff, you know, God going to give you back. God going to give you back. And, and I think, you know, that, that's one of the, the, the things in this podcast that you gotta know is whenever you give, you can get back. Now, you're not gonna get back from the person you give to necessarily. Sometimes you do, right? But you just give. Man, I can, you know, I can tell you, Rory, Rory, right? The guy Rory that did all these things for me, right? He got me tons of jobs. He got, you know, and then the last job he got me, boom, 18 years. I was the side, side action guy on the radio. And that helped me build everything else, right? And it, and it fulfilled my dream of being on a top-notch radio show, right? It fulfilled my dream of getting out and doing entertainment or whatever. God knows what would happen without Rory. But, but you know what? He's done that for many people, not just me. Not just me. Oh, bro, he did that for, and I don't want to name names, like I said, but the other guy that was there before me, he did them for him. The, the two guys that's right there now with him, he did them for them. I mean, this guy, he does a lot of good for a lot of people. As a result, God blesses him with all kinds of stuff, right? This guy, bro, he's, you know, he, he has a beautiful life and, and God bless him with that, you know? But you guys gotta, you guys, you guys gotta give. Don't be afraid to give. You, when you give, you always get, you know? And I go get back to my mom again, right? She prays, she prays, she talks to the Lord, she, she does all this stuff, right? And and she has been successful in her career. After her career, you know, she had she had two careers. Well, actually three. You know, her first career, she was a teacher. Second career, she was a mayor of an island. The third career, she was in real estate. And she aced out all of them. She made millions of dollars doing, doing you know, doing doing her three careers, Right? And and we crossed the line in 2010 for 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 our uh, wedding and party business. In 2010, we crossed a one million dollar mark. That that you know. So we started in 1999, okay, for the wedding and party business. In 2010, we crossed the one million dollar mark. Now the reason why the one million dollar mark was important to us, well, me actually. So for Wayne, eh, he never cared. He just wanted to jam. He just wanted to get out and perform. He just wanted to use his knowledge, right? But for me, it was more of a goal, right? Because I was like, bro, I like make a million dollars playing music. And that, that was the only thing that was in my head. And when we crossed that point in 2010, it was like, wow, we made a million dollars playing music, right? Because if you go all the way back to when I was 13 and I was talking to my mom, mom, I wanna, I, I know, I'm not going to college, 
Right? I told my mom I wasn't going to college, but I did go to college afterwards. I was about 28 years old when I went to college. But my mom wanted me to go right in from high school and you know, and I had a very turbulent 20s. My 20s was all boss, was boss. I tell you, I had an angry 20s. I was I was running with all these syndicate guys in in my early 20s, right? And and anyway, but the point is when I told my mom that I, I wanted to be an entertainer, my mom was beside herself because she wanted me to be an attorney. She, she wanted me to be an attorney. It's because this astrologer told her, well, this boy is going to be a good attorney. And <laughs> she's like, what? Oh, okay, good. So, you know, everything was attorney, attorney, attorney after that. And and I said, no, I, I want to be like Frank Sinatra. I want to be like Dean Martin. I want to be like Don Ho and Sam Kapoor. I want to be like them. And my mom thought I was crazy, right? And she was beside herself. So she told me, this is her exact quote. She said, you will never make any money playing music, right? And she is right on on one aspect of it. The guys that are playing Waikiki right now, okay, the guys that go from gig to gig to gig, right? And they're doing the small little lounges gig to gig to gig. Yeah, okay, if I was doing that or if I did that, right, which I I really don't mind because, you know, to me, I kind of like that life, but I never got to do that because I never got into the entertainment industry, right? Uh, all the promoters, all the guys that, you know, the managers of all these guys, they, they would have nothing to do with me. So so anyway, and and for whatever reason, but I don't care. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't give a rip, right? Okay. So, but but if I was doing that, yes, I would not make any money playing music. But we did a wedding and party business. So sometimes we did five parties in a, on a weekend. Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday night, uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And you know, at the end of, at the end of that, uh, five, five party weekend, we was burnt. We was burnt out. I mean, I was hardly had voice. You know, by the way, was sleeping in the car on the way home on Sunday night when after the party. I mean, we were just really physically burnt out. But you know what? That was our dream. You know, and then we set the sights higher, right? Waikiki show. And I told all the kids that, that was with me, I said, you guys with me now in the neighborhood? You guys going with me to Waikiki? We went to Waikiki. I paid for the whole showroom myself because no sponsors wanted to sponsor me, right? Because everybody at the radio station, right? These guys at the radio station worked all these guys against me from like the get-go. And I mean, I never did nothing to these guys, right? But they they all hated me and never know why. And none of them would come on board. None of them would come sponsor me. They all, they sponsored the other guy, right? Who had on show, but his show was at Dave and Buster's. It was a smaller little uh, uh, showroom kind of situation, which was really nice. Actually, I would have loved to have a show over there. But, you know, so so we went to Waikiki. I paid for the whole thing. We did the whole thing. It was for the experience. I brought all the kids that, that performed with me in the neighborhood. It it wasn't too organized because those kids, had they had no concept of how to do a show. But we had fun. We had fun. It was $11,000 that I spent, or that Wayne and I spent $11,000, and we had fun, and it was the kids' experience of a lifetime, and we had the biggest opening of of any artist there that the hotel ever had, and they said, wow, we never saw an opening night like this. We never saw so many people in this place. And and we packed the place, right? Now, after that, the, the crowd was mostly local people, and they came out to see us. And and there was only maybe two or three or four 
uh, mainland couples that, that came in. The rest was all local people and they supported me and and that's why I'm eternally grateful to the people of Hawaii and, and the people of Oahu. And, and those local people was the only reason that I ever survived and did anything and was successful at anything. The wedding and party business, the Waikiki show, anything. The radio, anything. It's the local people that supported me. So when local people say hello to me in a shopping center, I stop and I talk story. I say, hey, how's it? How are you guys? You guys all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, small talk, right? These other guys I see, right? You know, they they just they just nod their head and you know like that, right? And I'm like, who are these guys? So I stop and say hello. I stop. I pay attention to people, right? I acknowledge people, and and it's out of gratitude. So the law of attraction again, gratitude. Okay. So this is so, you know, the law of attraction summarizing. Okay. The law of attraction, you will attract who you are. If you want to change who you are, all you got to do is reprogram your subconscious. That's all. You got to you got to reprogram it, okay? It will eventually, you know, when you when you start changing who you are and your habits and the way you do things and the way you're thinking and all of that, everything will change. Life will change and things will get better and and things will and you will prosper. Okay, look at all, uh, bro, I can, I can tell you stories about all the time these guys, you know, try to hold me back and get in my way and, and mess with me and it went, nothing worked, nothing worked. I got to live my dreams. I've been in my, my company's been, in, well, all of my companies have been in the same office for, for 20 years. We started out with the, with the singing school in there and then, then we added all the other companies. Now they're all on the web. We moved the singing company on the web, the singing, the students all on the web now because of the, you know, the virus, right? The virus was a blessing for us. Now everybody's on the web. Everybody knows that. Oh, okay. Now we got to do them on the web, right? So I'll be moving out of my office, hopefully by June. You know, if not, then I'll serve out the contract, whatever. It, you know, it depends on what they say, but we're, we're trying to get out of the contract by June because the office is obsolete. It's empty. And, you know, I just go down there, I do my work, but right now I cannot, right? We're quarantined, so I got to stay home. Nothing's going on at the office. So now it's dead weight, right? You see what I'm saying, Hawaiian? So, but it's been a, wow, it's been a, a career. It's been, it's been great. And the, and the companies are alive and flourishing on the web. They make money on the web now. Everything makes money on the web now. VMAC Consultants makes money on the web now. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, I couldn't ask for, for anything more. I am so, so grateful. So do that. Express gratitude. Write down your goals. If you need more help with that, go to hereforyou.live. Hereforyou.live. And that's my, that's my, where I train people. I train people to do what I've done, right? And if you look at my accomplishments, all you got to do is put my name, put my name right inside Google, Bing, whatever you got. And go Google and go look at the stuff I did. Go look me up on LinkedIn. Go read the bio. Go, I mean, you know, go check up. Go on VMAC Consultants. Read the bio. Right? <laughs> go on YouTube. Search for VMAC Consultants. All of our work pops up, right? But but what I'm really saying, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that I've already done this stuff. I've already experienced this stuff for the last 11 years. It's been with the Law of Attraction exclusively. And I've been teaching it on the side. And so now, here for you dot live is, is you know is a service that that we teach other people how to do it. We don't kick the ladder out from under us. We pass it on. We pass it on. We pass on the knowledge. We pass on the know how. And you know a lot of people think they cannot do nothing, right? But we show them that. Oh, oh, sorry, I, I gotta go. But yeah, we show them how. 
and we walk them through the process. We don't just give them a PDF and go, yeah, you're on your own. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, hey, bro, it's been, it's been a bang, gang. It's been a bang. Hey, the podcast being brought to you by Island Club and Spa. Brother Randy, Sister Jerry, we love those guys so much. And then also Voicemaster Enterprises and uh, their uh, family of service companies, as well as AFM Hawaii Music featuring the music of Darren Chinin. Download them from iTunes today. Yay! Right, go, Darren. Oh, we love Darren. We love his music. Hey, until the next time, this is Junior Kegel, Junior in Honolulu, Hawaii, saying mahalo and aloha.